You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 378. I'm Jim. I'll be joined by my man Jason in just a little bit before we do that, which we have a podcast, pretty positive podcast here, to Donnie Cates' books. We end up also having a new number one with Iron Fist and then the amazing Spider-Man, as usual, it seems nowadays. But before we get into that, go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Then go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, and check things out there. Go to our Instagram, Weird Science Comic, and then go to our Patreon, Weird uh, Patreon.com slash Weird Science. All those will be in the show notes since I flubbed it, but I'm not going to re-record this. I have the worst problems where I end up having to record a two-minute intro 17 million times. I'm not doing it anymore. I've had enough. That is it. This is not a banger. I told you, Jenny, it's not a banger. What are you doing? But with all of that, yeah, we have a bunch of books here. We even have a lightning round with a book that's not so hot. But one of the big things to push to go over to the Patreon, where you can help us out for all the things we do here on this regular feed, is to get our weekly Patreon-only spotlight picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, uh. And this week, it was Fantastic Four, number 40, continuing the Reckoning War. And then also Venom, number five, as you end up having Al Ewing jump back onto the Venom book and talk a little Meridian, a little Eddie, a little Garden craziness, all of that going on. But I'm not going to delay any further. I'm going to be joining jason right now as we start off with amazing spider-man all right and i'm here with jason see what up jason hello jim how are you this fine day oh lovely just lovely as we have four books to go through here and a lightning round the four books decent enough we had a pretty good week you ended up messaging me that you only didn't like one book i kind of realized what that was right away That might be a little lightning round deal. Spoilers, yeah. No, no spoilers, but we'll get to that. But we're going to start off with The Amazing Spider-Man and a Patrick Gleason deal here where he does the writing but not the art. Patrick Gleason only on the words, which we had loved his last issue was the one that talked about the whole relationship between Peter and his Spidey sense and the dream sequence where you kind of saw the Spidey sense come out of him and how they reconciled. And it it was a cool look. Cool and and when you get Patrick Gleason, obviously you're gonna think of the art right away. So it it was one of those where a lot of times when you have a rightist, as we like to call them, uh, you'll go like, oh well, Patrick Gleason. Well, maybe the story won't be great, but the art will be really good. No, that's not the case with him. He actually does a really good job, and we did mm-hmm. like that first issue. So while I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't his art, it's Mark Bagley, which is actually really good art as well. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. So you don't really. It's just not Patrick Gleason, but it's Mark Bagley, so that's a wash. And Patrick Gleason, he does a good job here. I, I, I had a good time with this, and really, by the end of this, though, he's not done a lot of issues, but who has? Uh, Zeb Wells has been my favorite on the whole Beyond deal. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Patrick Gleason is, is right behind him. I, I've enjoyed these two issues that he's in. And even when he goes on where we said, Zeb Wells seems to be like, okay, when Zeb comes into town, we mean business. This is the important stuff. This actually did not feel like, oh, this is just extraneous stuff. You know, we're not doing goofy things like this. This is getting Peter 
getting you know him back into fighting shape with a big thing going on and having him have to jump in i thought was pretty cool and i, and I did like it I'm, I'm going on and on about how much i liked it we should just get into this which again it is amazing spider-man number 89 and it is i'm getting to the credits here uh it is called the all hail queen goblin it's written by patrick gleason mark by or pencils by mark bagley Andrew Hennessy and John Dell on inks, Brian Valenza on colors, and VC Joe Caramagna on letters. And we have all hail Queen Goblin. As I said, the newest edition of Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery is unleashed upon the world to prevent Janina Mary Jane Watson from sharing a drive full of damning beyond secrets with the Daily Bugle. When all seemed lost, Ben arrived right in the nick of time to save the day. But that glimmer of hope didn't last long as Ben abandoned the fight after rescuing Janine, leaving Queen Goblin to continue her reign of terror. I said, this would be something that would come to play and Peter would be really pissed off at the end. We don't really get that yet at least, but we do end up seeing that Janine tried to make it right at the end as well. So right. with oh, that, you're going to jump right to that final panel, huh? Exactly. So uh, with <laughs> that, though, we end up seeing the ramifications and this, you know, blowing up everything in her path. Queen Goblin deal, which plays off the therapist deal and again well we, we get they... the we get the flashback to the moment of uh queen goblin's creation so we kind of saw that scene last time but now we see in a little bit more detail and we see it with the the queen goblin voiceover and we do see yes it is dr kafka and it is you know they're they're gonna hook her up with green goblin assets and the beyond database so it's it is some green goblin stuff and some beyond stuff mixed together and she gets this maze, or she insists it's a scepter. It's, it's a not scepter. a maze. She insists it's a scepter on that. Because yeah, which is she's odd. the queen. And you better not call it a maze because she will touch that scepter to your head and she will make your entire brain explode into flame. It is pretty awful. It is. And with that, it looks pretty darn cool in an awful way, right? And it does. So you end up seeing Maxine Danger, like, oh my God, my queen. She's all excited. People yeah. are dying in her wake yes. and all this stuff. Yeah, her employees are dead, but you know, this is going to be a good show. So Maxie's in, Why in good not? spirits. Also, I do always have to bring up when you have a goblin glider, there are very bad emissions. I, I don't know that Greta would be down with that and the idea that it can yeah. pass inspection. Emissions and uh, this queen goblin, I, I'd say she's very crotch forward yeah she, she likes, is she likes to lead with the groin area a she lot. has big crotch energy she does <laughs> i mean it, it is really crazy yes. with it bong the, the the cover has the the goblin queen goblin and uh black cat both kind of in the same yeah they're of, going kind of at uh, it right yeah, yeah. A little it's, saucy. It's, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> it's saucy, it is. Uh, but yeah, when you go, it is one of those things where you said you have Beyond Tech mixed with the sins of the Norman Osborn goblin type deal that was tied in, in kind of a very quick end. We're just going to do the idea that the sins were taken away by Sin Eater. They were kind of grabbed. It's an odd idea, but you end up having that. And what you end up with is a Queen Goblin that really is pretty kick butt here. I mean, she can do a bunch of things, plus the idea where she's still using the Kafka bit of therapy comes off as really maniacally evil and yeah, like her, you know what I mean? Her dialogue I didn't like. I thought I thought the sneaking in the therapeutic talk felt too much to me that that was something i did not like so much about this issue it's funny that that would have been something that i think would have played off better if we didn't quite know it was kafka we do know so the idea if we were trying to figure it out and, and again though this isn't subtle i mean this therapy talk is really over the top but i think that it would have played out better if we weren't sure 
that it was couple like who is this oh my god well oh wait a minute she just said something she slipped and said something about therapy but it really is just therapy uh, because i think that patrick gleason with this is just going to go with the idea of that's her part of you know kafka there that's breaking through that's not breaking through but part of this meld in with the goblin and things like that so when she goes it's weird because at points she almost has like a penance stare going with the stuff that she has right no it is very much like a penance stare sort of it doesn't work once and it does work once and it's yeah yeah it's it is a little odd and wonky but again she just became is that what is what does she call she has a a, a special name for it goblin gaze yeah the goblin gaze not 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 a great name (laughs) (laughs) and she's she's doing this on the fly literally they're trying to make it seem like it's like therapeutic but what it does is it makes you think of all the bad things you did and how awful you are and want to kill yourself. It's it's kind of like the opposite of that uh, scene in It's a Wonderful Life. She's like the, the demon it's version of, of Clarence the Angel. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and what I like about that, though, though, it does play off the idea of, well, tell me about your childhood. And, and, and almost, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a subtle little deal, maybe, of the idea that some therapy isn't great. With all this going on, you do have Peter hear of this. I got to go. This is a Spider-Man thing. And you end up having Black Cat there and says, you're right. It is a Ben Riley Spider-Man thing. You're not ready. You, mm-hmm. You're not ready there, Tiger. And I'm not going to let you go. She ends up, and it is crazy again, this hospital. When they need to have good security, they don't. When they don't, they it, it's all over the place. And she comes in. No one's paying attention. No one's watching. She webs them to the bed. So much webbing. Oh, oh my, my god. god. I mean, really. This and must she's... have been all the webbing. She must. Maybe she's not good at the subtle <laughs> how to push it button just a little well, bit. But he is just. What's going to happen? You know, if a, a nurse comes in and checks and sees yeah, a patient exactly. just spider webbed to his bed, like I he's think been she in just cocoon. turns the other way. This is a Tuesday for this hospital, but. <laughs> If you can get out, you can be Spider-Man. But if you can't, you're not ready. I thought the idea of this is like, really, you're going to end up. This would be like me and you were ready for the, you know, just in the U.S. Super Bowl, but worldwide. We're getting ready for the Super Bowl. And I say to you, I've been injured. I'm like T.O. back in the day with the Eagles. He ended up breaking his leg. He came back in like three weeks. But I'm ready. And then you're Donovan McNabb, so we're already going to be at odds. I am Donovan McNabb. Other, right? And you say, well, the only way you can prove that you're ready is to go through this huge gauntlet to do this. By the time I'm done, I'm so exhausted. I'm not going to be ready. I just thought Peter's going to end up breaking out of this. If he does, he's going to be so damn tired right. to do it. Like, you're not doing anything. Right. Again, Black Cat thinks he can't. And really, he can't. We'll find out. But you end up where... All of this, what happened to Mary Jane? Uh, you know, we thought, oh, my God, she was left with Queen Goblin. Yeah. So we, we jumped to the Daily Bugle. And, yeah, we've we've skipped forward in time a little bit. Because last we saw, there was some damage, but Mary, Mary Jane was still in the building. Now, the whole Daily Bugle building is completely messed up. There's a giant hole blown in it. There's people plummeting, I'm assuming, to their death. I mean, these, these people got to be – there's nobody there to catch them. They are falling many, many stories. They are They are toast. And – so Mary Jane is just hanging on to a piece of rubble like she's Luke under the Cloud City, hoping to be rescued. And yeah, so this is when uh, the Queen Goblin tries out this goblin gaze, and I guess she's interrupted or something, because this other guy hanging on some other rubble, you know, says, help me, help me. And Queen Goblin says, okay, I'll help you and give some therapeutic talk. Admitting you have a problem truly is the first step, because because she's a therapist, Jim. I don't know if you got that part. I didn't yet. This is get, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, right? So she's 
So she sets his brain on fire with her scepter, not a mace, it's a scepter. No, a scepter. She's a queen. Remember that. And, uh-huh. you know, and, and so the funny thing is, she's going to do that to Mary Jane. This is a big thing. I mean, if this, oh my God. Or is it? Because later we'll see what really happened. But with that, it'd be funny. She Mary Jane, no problems at all. But you end up where <laughs> she gets diverted to show then the ramifications of what would happen if she really did it to Mary Jane. Because it's not going to happen that way. Because then... When she gets back to Mary Jane, Black Cat comes in and ends up, you know, kicking and a punching and a fussing and a feuding to kind of get Mary Jane out of the situation and in with her. Even the idea, hey, where's Ben? What happened to Spider? Oh, he, he skedaddled out. I don't know what happened. He must be coming back. He must be, right. you know, he's, he's just Spider-Man. going up. And and that would be the thing. He must have went and taken Janine away, thought that maybe you were, you know, good enough to handle yourself, and then he'll be back. And so, yeah, we see that's not really the case, but the penance there, the goblin gaze ends up into Black Cat. And you get a nice panel of awfulness where and yeah, if well, you I have mean, been following things with Black Cat. There was a confusing things. bit here where I guess the scepter has a little extendable chain part. And somehow, I don't see how it happens in the art. Somehow it gets wrapped around Black Cat's neck. So she's kind of hanging there, which is pretty yeah, gross. Awful. Yeah, awful. And, and yeah, then she gets the Goblin Gauge. And we get, that is a, a cool kind of oddly shaped panel where we see inside Black Cat's mind as she's seeing these kind of tentacles reach through and dredging up old memories and seeing things in the worst possible light. How I played it here is she kind of messed up with Pete, right? She messed up with him. Her dad, a disappointment. And all of that tentacle porn that she's been downloading. It's coming to play in <laughs> gigabytes here. She, and gigabytes she, and gigabytes of tentacle porn. What happens yeah. is you can erase the browser history, but you can't erase the memory. And you have that <laughs> where she's like, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have been into that. And yeah, while that's going on, everybody is running scared. People are out of their wits mind. And they end up also, I think a lot of people have died at this point because you said they were falling, but you end up where all of a sudden a Spider-Man does show up as it looks mm-hmm. like, you know, Black Cat's going to kill herself. She's just, that whole deal is overtaken yeah, oh, her, the and sadness also, and things. where did that second goblin glider come from? I, I don't know. It just kind of disconnects. It's It seems I like guess. it's one of those where it's a, a double deal. It clicks apart. I don't know. But you end up where you do have Black Cat on her own little glider there, and she's going to just give it up. And you end up having, you know, Queen Goblin Kafka in there with the, you know, oh, you know, the pain. There won't be any pain anymore. Just take a step. You're brave. Do this. And Mm -hmm. she's going to do it. And she's saved by Peter. She thinks it might be Ben. Thank God her neck doesn't snap because it's yeah, so it's, much. It's Gwen it's Stacy, Gwen 100%. Stacey. Uh, luckily, the neck muscles there of a black cat are a little stronger. Uh, and she ends up being saved. They think it's Ben, but then MJ says it's not Ben. That's Peter. There he is. It, it's mm-hmm. still webbing on. <laughs> and he isn't in a suit. Just all yeah. over himself. He's just there as patient Peter. And he is there grabbing her. Now, I do want to point out at the beginning, we did end up having our nurse Louise say, hey, uh, mm-hmm. y- you're really doing good with this whole you know, physical therapy. But I-, I can't explain all of those extra bandages and bruises and things. <laughs> Again, so yeah. lax with things there. But... No one checks into that. But that was a Patrick Gleason character comes back. In exactly. Last that and makes and sense. She, I like the idea that she kind of at least she's wink winking of I know that there's something going on here. I'm not going to ask about it, but. I'm not paid to check into that, but I'll, I'll mention I see it. Yeah, I do physical therapy. I'm not a 
private detective. So I'm it's just going to do thing, this. Right. And it seems like you're working a little overtime, some extra stuff, but be careful. But he's there. And I, I do like this idea where he isn't as strong as he should be, whatnot. But still, he is getting He's on the men. He's getting there. So he is able to save her, though it does hurt and all this. And he thinks that no pain, no gain. That's what they say in physical therapy. I don't know about that. But, yeah, I think in physical therapy, they say <laughs> if you have some pain, you got you got to settle down a little here and, and just sit down for a second. We'll, we'll work this told in. Me, yeah. Usually the, the physical therapy is a, a process that, you know, takes a little longer than just this. But. He ends up all right, and MJ finds the the suit, the web shooters, these things, and says, okay, here we go, and yeah, we're going to go and try to stop this. And so you do end up having some really cool pages. I mean, when you end up having Peter decide, like, I got to get going, uh, and I really like mm-hmm. the line, it plays off the whole, hey, do you think you're ready? Yeah. That's my that secret. That was a good line. I like that I'm one. never ready. That made me yeah. giggle. And that, that, page is, that page is a fantastic page. It was, it's a perspective of looking downwards as Peter climbed up the wall. He's in the foreground. It looks fantastic. It looks great. Yeah, that's it a really fantastic does. page. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's like something you like a wallpaper or something you could use that or, you know, maybe even Mark Bagley would get signed, especially when I'm never ready. It'd be nice if it had like the first line on it as well. But that's pretty cool. But with that, you find out like MJ's, he looks a little different. Like he doesn't look as good as usual. What's going on? She's like, I don't know. He must be ready. We see that he didn't break out of the webs. It was Janine <laughs> who came in yeah. looking like psycho. I mean, look at her there with that knife. I mean, I'm telling you, it's crazy. <laughs> but it does that. But Which, I love is that, that ending. the same knife she used to uh, to get out of Beyond? Has she been carrying that knife the whole time? The it's same the one Marcus she had knife, to, uh, as we would love Marcus's. to call. It's her shiv she has. <laughs> I love when she just sneaks in. I- I'm telling you, they should have webbing going swirling down a, a drain there or something. Like, they'll play up the whole deal. But we see. And I thought that was really cool. It gives you Janine. Yeah. Does does. She, did she get told by Ben to do this? Right, is she doing she this says, on her own? My name is Janine. Ben showed me where to find you. We need your help, whether you're ready or not. So it really, this, this little page really makes me think about what is going on with Ben, right? Yeah. Because we thought that he was completely you know, all power, no responsibility. He's got his lady. He's going to peace out. But we don't know, did she talk him into this because she's his conscience? She's like his living Uncle Ben. Or does he have this other, you know, wellspring of conscience coming from somewhere and it's his idea? So this one page really gives a lot to think about for next issue. And I love the idea, too, with that. First off, she is the Uncle Ben, the version that's not, you know, afraid to slice somebody. That's her deal. (laughs) She's the Uncle Ben with a shiv. But when she comes in, it does play. I mean, the idea that it plays off so horror-esque, where she does it almost looks like she's like a robot. Like she's mind it. But she just comes in and does this. And the other part of that is to play out, he's not ready. I mean, whether or not that test by Black Cat actually meant, you know what I mean? Like, did he have to do that to show he's ready? Well, Mm -hmm. he didn't do that. So maybe he isn't ready. And so he's going off after Queen Goblin in the same deal where you have where she says, we need your help, too. But then he seems to go right off to obviously save MJ. And then what does that mean to everything that they were saying there? So that's pretty right. cool. What's what's the plan? What do they know? What's going to yeah, go on? Yeah, next? yeah. So uh, with that, pretty cool. Pretty <clears throat> good issue. I, I think uh, I think you might agree. Uh, like you said, a little of the things were a little bit 
over the top played out. Also, one question for you, too. When you okay. do end up having the, you know, news report where you have, oh, my God, you know, reports mm-hmm. of the Goblin Guy are being responsible. They do have a picture of Jay Jonah who might not be. But I, I took it I as. I noticed that as well. Yeah. I figured, I figured, well, he's worked there for so long. He's like a legend. Maybe they throw darts at it. Maybe. My favorite thing was when I first saw it, I thought he was reporting it. And we'd see some chuckling going on because he's oh, all yeah. but we don't have that. But with that, what would you give this? Yeah, I thought this was a pretty good issue. I thought there were some a couple lapses in just the the visual storytelling. You know how the the goblin the scepter glider worked, became how the goblin the scepter, worked. Yeah, I, I the the therapeutic talk was a little over the top, but overall, I, I had a good time. And the last page was you know clearly the most interesting page in the whole thing. And I'm at a seven point eight. Yeah, I'm at an eight. Uh, so I'm a little bit more positive with you, and I'm looking forward to seeing what this means. We're seeing Peter in action. I'm, I want to see eventually, as we get to this, we probably will, seeing Ben and Peter back in action together, uh, which would be, be great. cool. But at this point, I don't know what Peter's going to think once he finds out from MJ and all this stuff of what which went we, down and what we, happened We would with think ben. that has to happen soon because we're going to wrap up this whole Beyond deal pretty quickly. But right, we didn't know. We, we we thought last time maybe we'd wrap this up with Ben and Peter being on the outs because you know Ben didn't didn't save MJ. But now we think maybe something else is happening. Yeah, and and so. I think that maybe the play will be the idea. This isn't like you, Ben. What happened? I don't know. The last thing I remember is this. Maybe they find out some things when you know Kafka. If she ends up as Queen Goblin out of this, I'm not sure. But if she ends up being taken down and maybe kind of reverts back or whatnot or is able to have some clarity, might even be able to say Ben's not right because they ended up wiping out his mind and you got to stop it. So we'll see. Again, one of the big things would be what would you know Queen Goblin do when she comes face to face with because she has that connection with Ben. Maybe this will force Kafka to kind of come to the surface more. I don't know, but I- I'm looking forward to that. But we're going to go to the next book, which is a number one. It is Iron Fist number one, something that they ended up announcing, you know, Danny Rand won't be the Iron Fist anymore. There's going to be a new Iron Fist almost at the same time around, in my mind, of, hey, we're going to also have a new Doctor Strange. We're going to have, you know, a new Sorcerer Supreme, all these things going on. And I didn't feel like there was a lot of positive things coming out of people's comments, which they usually aren't. I don't know if you know this, Jason. People <laughs> no, are negative. In, in the in the comic book fandom, I don't know. I don't uh, yeah. know if I can agree with uh, it. On Twitter and Reddit? Uh, oh, my goodness. But it seemed like people almost went... chat? Never. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, in my mind, the weird thing is, is that we haven't had a ton of Iron Fist. We had a couple of, you know, miniseries and things like that. And he's always mm-hmm. in other things. Yeah, he- he hasn't been a huge front and center character for a long time, if ever. No. So when you end up saying, oh, we have a new one, I think that a lot of people and just the general, there's Iron Fist fans, obviously. But of course. general people probably were like, a new one? I haven't gotten a lot of the old well, one. Like, why are we also, doing this? The, and the way it was sold, it was kind of a, a, a slightly maybe 2022 kind of spin to it, right? Because we're sold, oh, Iron Fist is a karate character, kung fu character. So he's got to be Asian. So we're going to make the character Asian. We're going to get an Asian writer, an Asian artist. And that's got some people really excited and makes some people really angry and makes some others of us go kind of, really? Do we we have to? Here's my play was, eh, I mean, I I wouldn't, it it wouldn't be something that I really would have sought out anyway. I'm not a huge Iron Fist fan. Maybe a number Mm -hmm. one, I'd be like, okay, I'll check it out. But with that, 
the playoff of Danny and this and whatnot, I've read a couple of the like first couple issues of Iron Fist doing some podcasts and things like that, but he's not a character that I really end up knowing a ton about. I didn't watch the TV series, and I heard that that was the worst of them anyway, but I didn't watch any of those. I'm not a TV or movie guy. Uh, so when you go in, the big thing that I thought was, oh, Alyssa Wong, she does the Dr. Afra book that I actually do enjoy enough. It's not my favorite thing out there, but I do enjoy it, and I think that she's pretty good. Didn't know anything about yeah, she any got some of the good other buzz out of that. Some yeah, people, so. I remember, I don't read the Star Trek, Star, excuse me, Star Wars oh books goodness. at all. Oh, no. How I'm getting my, my nerd card ripped Holy up. Holy moly. Oh, no. <laughs> Stork's going to be like, thank God, somebody, somebody's with me. Oh, my goodness. Got to take my diploma back. But, uh, but yes, I, I heard coming out of that that some people okay. said you know, this kind of side book in Star Wars was kind of better than they expected it to be. Now, with that, the original old Dr. Afro was way better, but she's doing a good job. And so when I go into this, you know, I didn't have any sort of notions about, okay, I don't need this because of this or whatever. It's just like I said, I'm here brand new, clean slate. Let's see what's going on. And when I get into this, and I saw that it's Swordmaster who ends up being that, and that where I thought, huh, why are you doing that? Because Swordmaster had his own book, and Swordmaster did not sell. Swordmaster was one of the worst selling books I've ever seen, and we've been doing these podcasts and things since 2013. So it's been quite some time, and I look at the sales. Recently, it's tough to see because of all the craziness going on in the world with sales, but up until then, I had looked at sales all these years, and I literally have never seen something sell as poorly as Arrow and Swordmaster, and seeing this, I'm like, there's not a built-in audience to be like oh my right. god this it, is it's it. not like we're going to take a, a, a beloved character and put him in a beloved mantle and we'll get twice the fan base this no. is like zero plus zero yeah and, it's like trying yeah. to elevate swordmaster but in a way like you said people and i don't have a problem with them being it it's just whatever i go into this i didn't mind it i thought that this first issue was decent enough i kind of got little you know play of swordmaster things like that you'll even bring up that it uh, plays off of a tie-in from before even the way that this goes and i think it was the death of dr strange tie-in correct uh the it one was, with it the, was white, the fox. white fox tie-in to the death of dr strange yeah which i don't think i can't imagine that was a huge seller. no and so what i did i figured that you read it you told me hey you should check this out i want to go into this of does this matter if i read it or not because most people wouldn't have so you go in and all in all by the end I thought that this was just pretty much the idea of, hey, here he is. We're going to set this up. You're not going to get much of the story going forward, but we'll just get things going. And I, it is a mini series, which I didn't know either. I thought it was an ongoing. Um, but we'll get into the credits here. It is Iron Fist number one, and it's written by Alyssa Wong. The art by Michael, and how would you pronounce uh, YG? Yeag? Probably Yeag. Yeag. Yeah, again, I'm going to have problems throughout. Uh, J. David Ramos on colors and Travis Lanham. And it says, and you said you wanted to get the pronunciations right of the characters. How do you pronounce? Because most people just go Lin Lai is what yes, most so of I people, actually, but that's probably I not right. I spoke to a, a friend of mine who was you know, born in Taiwan, speaks, speaks Taiwanese, and he says that it's kind of like, Lin Leia. Lin Leia. So we'll go with so that. I kind of like kind of like Leia Thompson, I think, is okay. how I'm doing it. There you go. Lin Leia. I like Leia Thompson. Lin Leia. Was once the swordmaster wielder of the mighty sword of Fu Xi until it shattered, caused uh, shards to embed themselves within his hands while on the verge of death. God, now I, I already remember. Lin Leia uh, was saved by the Chi of Shaolau, uh, the Undying, the Dragon Protector in the Mysterious City of Kunlun. 
Shalo bestowed the power of the Iron Fist on Lin Le. I'm going to say it wrong every time. It's going to really end up making something that I'm going to be very upset at myself. Now he must track down the remaining shards of the Shattered Sword to once again seal away the Dark Destroyer's power. Lin Leia is the Iron Fist. So we go into this, and again, it's you know a new chapter in the Iron Fist mythos, it says, and you end up having the beginning where you do have a little bit in Kunlun several months ago, you end up where they're waiting for Shaolau, the undying, his egg to hatch and get back the dragon again as they have everybody practicing their martial arts. And as they do say that, it starts hatching. The egg is hatching and we ended up seeing that sort of deal. So that's pretty cool. We then switch over to New York and we get Danny Rand. And I think that, again, if you're worried about, oh, my God, Danny Rand. He's not Iron Fist. If if you are a big fan of his, he still knows all of his martial arts. He's still mm-hmm. very and formidable. He looks like he's going to be a, a big part of this book, at least for a while. Yeah. So he is there and he's on the scene. You know, you have Luke Cage. Hey, what's up, buddy? We're having dinner lunch. Why aren't you here? Well, wait a second. I got to take care of some stuff. As he narrates through this deal of, hey, I am just a guy who knows a lot of Kung Fu now, but I'm still pretty good at it. And I can still end up, he trained a lot. So you end up, and there's some cool moves. He ends up throwing his phone up in the air, kicking a demon, then catching the phone, continuing the conversation. <laughs> yeah, we don't really know where these demons came from, what they're doing. They're just kind of, we need to have a fight going on here. So we'll throw in some demons with horns on their heads, because why not? And then we have the new Iron Fist just come in. Danny doesn't know what this is. He ends up having a green glowing, you know, the arms. And, and Danny recognizes right away that he does have the Iron Fist power. He ends up like, this isn't a guy, but it's different. Yes, the green glowing hands, I don't think that's the Iron Fist. The green glowing hands that we find out later that has to do with that's the shards. Of Swordmaster's shards, which are embedded in his hands. And kind of a couple pages later, not yet, like a couple pages later, he said, well, now I'm going to actually show you the Iron Fist, and that's an orange glowy hand. So he's got he's got two kinds of glowy hands. Yeah, and so he can do that, and he's like, hey, you know, you got to do the most important element. That's the heart of the dragon, the chi of Shaolou, and then he does end up doing it, and he's like, what? Oh, my God, you are the real deal. Okay, you have that. But the big thing is, is that he's Swordmaster, we find out, and he does end up, and in that tie, and I guess is when the sword shattered, and we thought he was dead. And he didn't die and the shards, you know, embedded into his hands. So he's able to use that power, but he didn't have all the shards. And that's the big thing is the shards are what is imprisoning, you know, pretty much the big bad. And the only way to get back that full imprisonment is to get the sword, reforge it, put it back, things like that. That's pretty much the big play. But with that, you end up having, you know, they, they don't, he doesn't want to be, hanging out with Danny Rand. He doesn't seem to think that this is anything important and runs off. Yeah, we don't we don't really get a reason why he came here. Yeah, except that he does say at the one point, and the demons do mention that they're trying to get the shards, and I do think at one point when he punches that one, he might grab one of the shards. He does have one in his hands then, and they had it. It seems like that's the deal. I couldn't tell. Did the did the demons already have some shards, and he's trying to get them from the demons? Are the demons trying to get the shards from him? I don't think that was. It's a clear weird deal. He does end up punching through that one, and then has one innocent, like not embedded, but in his hand. And he's like, "Okay, I got it. I'm going to get out of here." As he sees it, so I guess that they had that. But those demons do seem to be going around trying to gather up the shards in the same time so that's kind of the quest and how that but how plays would the out. shards have gotten to new york city i don't know i think that and why would they have it in 
I mean, like I said, it looks like he punches through this to grab one, but it's very weird. It it is odd because he's already got the shard power going and then he has it. It is a weird play there. Um, But yeah, he just runs off then and they're fighting and he's like, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. He runs off and Danny is like, I I don't know what's going on. This is weird. Ends up calling Loki. I might be a little late. I might not end up because he wants to hang out with him hey let me see what you're all about yeah there's a there's a new iron fist we should uh we should chat yeah and he doesn't want to so he goes off and we get that quick deal with this recap of what happened then in that tie-in and whatnot with the sword of fushi ends up breaking and half of it embedding into him and he does get saved by the dragon the and the dragon ends up saving him and that's pretty much what leads us to him being the Iron Fist here. Now, in the, that tie-in issue, all we saw was the sword breaking and Lin Leia getting knocked off the cliff. So, And then he was, he was out of the book, right? It finished up being a White Fox book, and we didn't see anything happen to him. So everything beyond that first, you know, first page here is, is new information. Yeah, and so with that, he ended up waking up on the shores of Kunlun. They end up taking him and... The big thing is to get the sword back because the sword is one of the big things that's sealing the tomb of Chayo, who is the big dark destroyer. Because it says that so this sword is supposed to stay in the tomb, but it, it is. It, there, he's swordmaster. He was but using. Then why it. is he running? He's running around with a sword. So maybe you should have just left the damn sword alone. Yeah, his, he so said his dad again, got I, it out, I'm, but why not just yeah. to put it I, back I, before? I say I'm not a. I'm not a I'm not a huge Iron Fist fan. Or a Swordmaster fan. I don't really know why he needed to take it out Play, of And there. it seems forced the idea of, well, that sword makes me Swordmaster. That's my thing. Now I'm Iron Fist. And I need that sword back to go put it into the tip because it, it could end up right. having him escape. But there's oh, there's three things that are you know keeping him down. One is gone. But then the demons seem to want the sword to, and mm-hmm. that would just get him out. But it's weird, right? It, it, it does play off a it's little while. It's unclear. Yeah. yeah. So. With that, you end up having Danny end up going and finding him, and they're going to go back and forth here. How did Danny find him on this rooftop? Because they're in New York City. There's a lot of rooftops. Yeah. He's just that. Danny's just hanging. He says, oh, yeah. I should have figured you'd be booting on a rooftop. Okay, there you are. Like, he's checked all the other rooftops, and now he came to this one. And so, with that, he ends up, Danny, like, is quick. He steals the shard, then that, you know, Lin Leg gets upset and starts fighting. And yeah, they're they're going to go at it with each other. And it's one of those, like, you have to fight before your friends type of things, kind of, because you end sure. up where they're not really friends throughout any of this. You end up having Lynn grab the shard and run off. Danny's chasing them, and they end up in the subway, and there's a door to Kunlun that ends up getting sealed. Unfortunately, Danny's trying to get through it, and then it just disappears. And we see that it is, you know, not... Actually, Lin Leia, who ends up putting it down, it's Mei Min on the other side. And again, if you're not reading this, there's going to be a lot of names getting thrown at you. And there are in this, but they're on Kun Lun then as you end up having, you know, see that he is a nice guy. I mean, up until this, you don't know much about him. Mei Min seems to be a new character, and she had rescued him when he washed up on shore, and He's kind of like her is her foster brother, it seems. Like he's living with the family. So they end up when they go in, and, yeah, my family loves you. They adopt you. You can, and so you get to see that he is a nice guy. Now he can kind of relax. He's there. It's 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 blue box. Yeah, they it have is. To live in the same it house. Really is. And, uh, and, and with that, even the idea, and I don't know that this will come off great because I don't know how accepted it is, whatnot. But the tomb of Chai Lo ends up feeling very Kung Fu Panda esque. 
at the beginning with the the bad guy there where he's in the prison and a prison and a prison and can't get out. We know that this guy, he's going to get out. I mean, that has to be the end and the final battle of this, right? We we hear that there were some other demons already here at Kunlun, but we don't really see what happened. We can kind of see in the background some, I guess, dead demon bodies, sort of, kind of. But it's it's an, another place where I don't think the... The pictures really tell the story as well as they might. Now, with that, just as an aside, if people had been listening to our Star Wars podcast when me and Matt do it, there are usually one or two times in an Afra issue where the art gets a little, and we always kind of seem to think it's the artist, the idea that, oh, that didn't play out visually, but it, it seems weird hmm. that it happens again here. And maybe in the script, Alyssa Wong gets a little like, Oh, let them take care of that or, you know, is one because some some writers will tell you exactly like the artists better do this, this, this and this or they give some space and kind of be a little, you know, not as detailed. And maybe that is the problem, because there are some places in this, like you said, that the art doesn't quite give you what is happening, that where the shards are coming and going, because the shards seem important. But, you know, who grabs what from whom? We don't really see so that. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is something we have to keep an eye on, because, again, it does end up coming up in the Afro book a couple times an issue, if not, you know, once an issue or whatnot, but it usually does. And I think Matt would agree. Uh, but with that, you go back to, you know, May's family, they're sitting down, they're going to have dinner. It makes me hungry. I love uh, anything on there. I would eat in a second. And so with that, you do put away the shards and, you know, each time he's like, okay. And he has this puzzle box that he has. Oh, I love puzzle boxes. This will keep everything going. Okay. My mom and dad, they love you. Let's go eat. And then the weirdest thing happens as they're making this meal and the dad goes off like he goes off to get tea and boy, like, is this like, I mean, he's full out demon at the deal, right? He goes over to the puzzle box and we see green lightning. So the same kind of color as the, as the swords, the shards, as his glowy hands. And he turns into this uh, horns, like dinosaur horns start coming out of his back and head and his he's getting arms are all so the question is, was this dad always a demon? Was the dad replaced by a demon? Is something from the sword taking him over, making and, him do And this? the weird thing is, is too, with this, May's mom, and they're, they're going to go with your chi. Oh, your chi's off. You have to eat. You're getting too skinny. All that stuff. But also the idea, you're seeping out this spiritual energy. You, you, you are pretty much, in my mind, just a beacon for anybody to find him. Now, that doesn't explain Danny finding him earlier. Like, I, I would love to have that be the play out there, but I don't think he has that connection at the point. But you end up having it where it seems like demons will be able to find him anywhere because of this. And he has to get in, in balance again. You know, the, the feng shui of himself. He's got to get the balance going. Again, that, that feels a very manga thing, yeah. like an Ayakeshi triangle. I or, like that. And when yeah. the dad, the funniest thing is, normally, Normally, I would say to you, but Jason, we don't know this mm -hmm. dad. This might just be a form that he usually takes. And this is a protection day. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> that looks so horrific. It really can't yeah, be can't in be. my mind. <laughs> like if this was just like all of a sudden he looked like, I don't know, some just be. thing. You Like that would be the shock. Oh, my God. That's that would be a, a funny like opening scene next time. Like, oh, oh, dear. You, you forgot to take your medication again. You know how you get. Or the idea like, oh, my God, he's just about to be under it. Tacky knew it doesn't change, but it looks horrific. I don't think that's the play. 
this is what happens, but you don't take your Adderall. Yeah, again, yeah, really, I know that. But yeah, it almost like what happens here, like you said, he goes to sort. You see that energy. Is the energy coming out of him or is it going in? Is it forcing him to be this? Is it this? It's kind of, again, hopefully it's not a wonky art to writing situation. Hopefully this is explained as we get to the next issue and see what happens. This feels like an intentional, confusing cliffhanger. And that's what I think it is. So again, though, like I said, without knowing the dad, the mom, and you're going into this first issue, I just thought, and maybe it still is, it's like, honey, I'm home. And like, oh, you're your demon form again? Come on, sweetie. We want a tea, not horrific nonsense. But we'll see. What would you give this, though? I thought it was an okay first issue. I think it's we're fine treating Lin Leia like he's a new character, even if you've never read Swordmaster. We get not enough of his background. Did, right? No. That's the problem. Uh, there's a thing we didn't even mention where he says a couple times that his hands are always in agony because of the sword bits in them, which is a kind of interesting concept, but doesn't, again, doesn't really play off in the art or the rest of the storytelling. It's kind of mentioned, yeah, like, oh, my, my hands hurt. Also, yeah, your hands are warm when you touch me because, you know, we're going to do blue box. So, yeah, I thought it was okay. It doesn't get me super excited, but it's it's perfectly adequate, and that's why I give it a 7 out of 10. I'm a 7 as well. I think it's a solid 7. It's something that, it, it, again... I don't know that I would have read this or even continued on if I got the number one. We'll be talking about it, I'm sure. But it, there's nothing here. Like when you go into a book where you're like, ah, whatever, I'll see how it is. What you have to have something to hook you in. And I didn't really get that hook from this first issue. Nothing really was like, oh, my God, I got to continue this. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah, that's like a seven for me. But you know, it's it's decent enough. And if you are, I, I'd love to hear from somebody who's a Swordmaster fan. And then also somebody who's an Iron Fist fan. And maybe there's a combo or whatever. Do you think that this is cool having Swordmaster as Iron Fist? Does this do anything for you? Because it really didn't do anything for me either way. It just was kind of there and we'll go. But like you said, it's cool to have Danny involved as well in the book with that. But with that, it's now time to go to the uh, lightning round. I think I see some clouds rolling in. Yes, there are clouds rolling in. Dark and stormy. What's the matter? Scared of a little lightning? I'm not overly fond of what follows. Round one. Fight. And there we go here. With that, uh, we end up with the lightning round. It's Speaking of not overly fond. Uh, Devil's Reign Superior 4, number two, is the book. It's written by Zach Thompson, art by David Tinto, colors by Matt Miller, and letters by VC's Ariana Mayer. Uh, and you are now on the clock. Go. This book raises many questions. Questions like, why? Seriously, why? And, oh God, why? The autos in this book are all entirely laughable, but not in a funny way. The main auto's goal is completely unclear. Every other auto is only there to spout nonsense like, even if he thinks he knows himself in that suit, Dr. Octopus doesn't know himself in the dirt. And, I presage doom if we don't engage. The plot of this book is that the autos bicker, fall through the forever door, get pulled through another portal by a Doom Auto, lose to the Doom Auto, and it ends with our main Auto in Doom Auto Prison, still sputtering about how superior he is. The Auto in any other book would be ashamed to be mentioned in the same breath as this complete loser. The art continues to be adequate. Three out of ten. Bing bong! Yeah, and there you go. And and you did more of an explanation, so mine will work out better second because I'm not even going to get involved in the plot. Because again, when that whole deal, the Auto in the dirt, I'm like, I what I happened? Get something in there besides, in the dirt? Yeah. Here I go. Here is mine. The cover says this book is the superior four, but let me suggest a few alternatives. The Unremarkable Thor, 
or four, the unimportant four, the meek four, or the detestable four. Zach Thompson has the uncanny ability to take a fun and interesting concept and make it a boring slog of a read. The book is inconsequential as a devil's reign tie-in, and I can't figure out any reason why anybody should buy this, let alone having this book on the shelf. Zach Thompson is easily on the top of my list of Marvel writers to avoid. Bad uh, maybe lapped uh, a few of them also with that. And in conclusion, avoid this book at all costs because it truly is utterly inferior because it is it's nonsense it is really bad i was reading this and the idea of like should we put it on the podcast or not i was three pages and i'm like why are we even doing a lightning round with this nonsense it's garbage it really is bad and the idea where you have not good you have a character that you have now a tie-in book that really throws everything out the window of what that character should be and like you said the things that he says let's happen nonsense but We'll get to luckily we're done with that, but we'll go off. We're going to have the next section of books. We have two more to end the podcast and they are the Donnie Cates section. All right. And the Donnie Cates section starts with Hulk number four, Smash or Not Part Four, Donnie Cates writing, Ryan Otley on art, Cliff Rathburn on inks, Frank Martin on colors, VCs Corey Petit on letters. And we have Banner piloted the Starship Hulk through a portal to an unstable pocket dimension and was brought to an alternate reality by another version of Bruce Banner. In this reality, Bruce never became the Hulk, and the Gamma Bomb test was successful. So successful that everybody's dead. Bruce's father-in-law, President Thunderbolt Ross, used it to wage war and establish the United States as the undisputed superpower. This reality's banner had hoped to study Starship Hulk to understand the mutations created by Gamma Bomb Blast to find a cure and atone for his part in the violence. But our banner may not follow this reality's rules, which we wouldn't think he would since... Why this is he? an awful world, right? He doesn't I like mean, to follow any rules. Who likes no, rules? No, and why follow these rules where we do see that these you... Rules suck. Uh, they do. The idea, nobody's coming to save you, Bruce. If you end up doing anything because Tony Stark, he's dead. He was an alcoholic. He drank himself to death. He demon in a bottle himself all the way. Exactly. So you end up having a world where this whole nuclear deal works out. They have weapons, all these things. You don't need little missile toten. Tony there, he loses. It gets caught up and he loses. There are Iron Man looking robots in suits because one of them blows Cyclops' head clean off. Well, not 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 clean. Clean's not the word to use for this. No, dirty blood and off. Gore bloody off. Uh, and I think that's the play of you end up having them buy up, you know, the powers that be them buy up Tony's stuff. They use his tech. They end up then going and attacking the X-Men. And the idea, Cyclops' head's blown clear off. And like you said, it's not clean. Uh, but then just to make sure, let's just nuke the school for, for youngsters there. Xavier's school is just blown Pro- up. Pro- must be a gamma bomb because everything's gamma in this world. Exactly, yeah. And with that, you end up then having inside you know the smash or not deal bruce banner t- asking his alternate version of himself where where's captain america where's moon knight where's blade where's spider-man and he's like i don't know what you're saying you're just saying words here blade you know moon knight he doesn't quite get spider-man out which is a little hint hint at the end now it is a hint hint but again in a world where it happens differently would he be called that or whatever? it's funny because he's almost like the boy but you end up with all this going down, and you saw that at the very beginning, Thunderbolt Ross was told, we see where they are. We we found Banner. Let's go. And he's coming in 
guns a-blazing, even says, you know, strap me in, out, whatever. They're like, are you sure? You're the president. You should be, ah, I'm going in. I'm doing this. And they do end up, you know, under attack. You end up having a huge, and the art in this is great. It's This issue, legitimately, if it takes you more than four minutes to read, I, I don't know what's going on because it's so quick. You, you, big if panels, it is, you but, might just be zooming in and going, wow, look at this art. That's exactly. The only thing so you have a lot of wow moments, things like that. Now, up until this point, the first three issues of Hulk, I haven't been really into it. I've been saying to you, at one point I even said, I think it's trying to be too fancy. And you said, no, 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 it's just pure action. And the thing that I thought at that point, me uh, thinking action of the Hulk is him just raging out and throwing cars and things like that and whatnot. I thought that it's, you know, Donnie Cates trying to make a cosmic, trying to follow up the Immortal Hulk. But this actually then clicks with me of like, yeah, I think I'm just supposed to be having fun here. I, I think that this is just supposed to be a fun deal. Get a load of this crap. Yeah, I mean, and in that, if you want to go with one of the biggest, you know, disses, where I think it was Martin Scorsese saying the idea that hero, superhero movies are like amusement parks. Well, the mm-hmm. idea of that's kind of what I want from actual comics, like the comics themselves, whatever he thinks or whatever they do with the movies, whatnot. But comics, I want to have something where I'm like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. Oh, that's cool. I think there's room for that. I, I like some comics that make me think and feel things and, you know, you know, wonder about my place in the universe. And then I want to see a big green guy break some stuff. Yeah, I'm you more know? of the, I want to see the guy break some stuff. I don't need to think. So you end <laughs> up where with that, you're going to have this big battle and you, you see where they're coming in. The Hulk, you know, our Hulk goes off in his, in his deal. And he, oh, yeah, he is completely confident. He thinks, I got this. I'm, you know, Hulk is the strongest one there is. There's, there's no problem here. So he just leaps right out, ignores the other banners warnings, goes, you know, he brings the throttle to two. So remember, we had the whole set of throttles. Number one is infinite armies, just, you know, regular army dudes. Setting two is monsters. So he's got monsters fighting the engine room Hulk. Yeah, and then when he attacks and you have all these things going down and they're firing stuff on him and he's taking some damage, he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to, you know, click it up even more. Oh, and yeah, he he's, goes, he's really surprised at how much these, uh, you know, red laser beams, whatever they are, are actually hurting him. He's got critical damage warnings going off. Okay, okay. And he skips all the way to stage four. Yeah, and you see him, like, in the stage, in the engine room, you see the whole uh, Fing Fang Foom's head's just being thrown. He's doing, oh, no, stage four. He gets hit, and I thought the progression of this is pretty cool. And again, the idea that this is wow moments, but it's also pretty much torturing the Hulk, you know, of the mind here in the engine room is crazy. This Hulk now seems pretty happy. He's like, oh, something different, I guess. It's like, oh, I, I finally beat a level of the video game to get to the next one. And that's what it plays out like. Like, he's actually, okay, a new challenge. But, I mean, overall, it is kind of horrific. But with that, they end up stage four. He gets conked in the back of the head by Cap Shield. And you're like, okay, well, is this just him like stage four would just be the Avengers or Cap, whatever? No, no, no. It's the Marvel zombies and it's all of them. And they're all there. Pretty cool. I mean, that is a, a cool wow moment. The art looks fantastic. So with that, the Smashdronaut deal goes, you know, nuts, goes raging and is really just ripping through everything. And that's where this world's banner even thinks like, oh, no, this, this isn't good. This, this is bad. What have I unleashed? All these things going on. And that's where Thunderbolt Ross ends up getting a hold of him, ends up calling him and like, listen, you better stop this. This thing that you made is not good. It's it's going to ruin things. And he says, I didn't make this. 
this isn't it. This guy just showed up. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on. This banner wanted things in his world to be different, but he's thinking, oh, maybe, maybe not this kind of different. Maybe this is even worse. And so earlier you ended up having like, get me the boy. Really? We're going to do that? Yep. And you end up seeing that Ross is there. In, you know, a plane type of deal, helicarry, whatever, but the open back deal. And he has this person in a hood, chain around them. He has a gun up to him and says, I'm going to send your star pupil down there to, you know, take your play. If you can't stop it, we have something that will and we're going to make this happen. He's like, no, no, you can't do this. Don't do this. I'll figure something out. He says, you got 10 seconds. There's mm-hmm. no way he can stop him. And there's no way he can. Now, with that, you end up thinking that he's maybe going to kill the de- – but what happens is yeah, they end up just kicking him. Yeah, I thought he was threatening to kill him, but that, that wouldn't make that wouldn't make any sense because then if you do actually throw him out the window or out, out the door, you don't have any leverage left. Exactly. So he must know what's going to happen. So he says, you know, you got 10 seconds, whatever, and he, he can't stop him. I mean, what is he going to do to stop Smashed or Not Hawk? He didn't make him. He can't control him. He can't do this. So he ends up like, oh, no. And Ross kicks this person out. It just boom. And they're falling down. We don't know who it is yet. That's the big play. Because when it hits, you end up actually seeing Hulk like, what's this? What's going on? And that's when, oh, my God, this is it. This was my student. Please. Mm -hmm. You know, this has gone bad. It's my student that was bitten by a radioactive spider. Obviously, now Spider-Man, where Banner's like, this is a dumb question. But the spider... What kind of radiation are we talking right. about? And we would guess that it would be, you know, gamma the, stuff. The gamma, so. sure. The other banner thinks that Peter is dead. He says they killed him. So at least Bruce Banner here thinks that this Peter Parker is dead. So, but maybe that's not what the intent was. And then we turn the page and we get, oh my goodness, we get the Spider Hulk. Yeah, you get the Spider Hulk deal of gamma infused Spider Man and. That's the thing in my mind, because even with that, like, this is an atrocity. This is awful. But this is where I think that Banner was talking about. I need to see how you tick or whatever, because I need to reverse this. This is one of the things that he wanted to write before, you know, maybe everything came down or whatnot, because he does feel responsible for all this, especially, you know, a star pupil here that he seems to really like and didn't want this to happen. So we end up then with just the. You know, deal of, okay, it's Spider-Hulk versus Smash-Not-Hulk. Fight on, let's go. And it does feel, like you said, even with the engine room, it feels a lot like a video game. It really does, you know, through the whole deal of these fight, fight, I fight. Yeah. But I do like it now. I, I actually, I like this more than the others. Just, I don't know why. I just thought that, hmm. okay, we're getting a little play with this. And at least before I'm waiting for, okay, what does this really mean? What are we going? I'm like, eh, we're just having fun here. And we're, we're heading towards what I believe will be the next couple issues. I think it's two issues from now. Again, where Donny Cates had said, we're going to have Hulk's null. And I'm, I'm like, that makes me kind of cringe. So I, I want to enjoy this when we're having this. And I, I am kind of enjoying, though, there's a lot of questions that aren't answered in any of this right. with what is going on and why and how. The, the biggest question is, well, we know there's something happened in El Paso. We saw a little bit of that last issue where it looked like Hulk had killed a bunch of people. But we don't really know why Hulk went through that portal in the first place, right? He It was all hopped up. He fought all the way through Iron Man to get through this crazy portal in the middle of a celestial Iron Man armor suit. And that's what kicked all this off. But we don't really know what his goal is. So I would I would like to start seeing 
I mean, we're this is issue four. I'd like to start seeing at least a little hint of what what he's trying to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to wait. But what would you give this? I give this a, an eight. It's yeah, I'm a giving fun it an eight book. as well. I read it. I read it quickly. The art is amazing, and it was fun. And you don't have to think too hard. And yeah, give me the next one. Yep. And the next one is Thor. Thor uh, number twenty two, and it is the God of Hammers part four. And they did end up saying that at the end of this, somebody in this book will die. Maybe it's this issue and we're seeing who that was, but we'll get to that in a minute. It's written by Donnie Cates, art by Nick Klein, colors by Matt Wilson, letters and design by Joe Sabino, VC's Joe Sabino. Of late, you end up having Thor having trouble with his hammer. Molnir, when the hammer went missing entirely, Thor grew troubled by a prophecy that a god of hammers would kill the king of Asgard with Molnir. He and his father Odin went in search of answers, but instead they found only death brought about by none other than a personified Molnir herself. Fueled by the rage of the Mangog, she confronted Thor in the ruins of the Midgard town of Broxton to enact violent retribution against Thor for bending his role as Asgard's warrior. With Odin down, Thor's odds of winning against his own weapon aren't looking great. And we're going to continue the sins of the father deal, which we have had in this book. And this even ties into that we find out that this personified Molnir ended up doing the Donald Blake stuff. So that ties right. into this. It's, it's this all is, Odin's fault. Yeah, it's all Odin. I mean, Odin was a jerk. He ended up doing things all these years the way he thought he was trying to do things right and trying to, you know, at points even help his son. But he hasn't really thought things through. He has used things and has used cosmic entities and whatnot. And they're all coming back to pay. And the way that it plays out in my mind, yeah, it says in that, and we even had Thor wondering, is this because I'm the king now? Is, is this why it doesn't like me because I'm no longer this warrior and things? He's not the adventurer. I don't see hero. that playing out as much. The, the idea is in my mind no, that this, yeah, this still would have happened. Like if he would have been like, what do you mean? I was doing like you could point to the idea that, yeah, I know I'm the king, but I kind of mm. was Galactus. I mean, I've been all over the place, and that's not the deal. Like you said, it's all Odin's fault. Yeah, and we start to get the idea, I guess more than get the idea, we're told that the uh, the storm, the Mjolnir, has been kind of not happy with her situation the whole time, like the whole history of the Marvel Universe and beyond, that she's been kind of pissed off to be stuck in this hammer. Yeah, she's like a slave, uh, yeah. So how do they go forward from here? Is Mjolnir just gone? I, I can't imagine they're going to permanently remove Mjolnir from the hammer. But I don't know how you undo it. It was all Mangog's influence, and I didn't really mean That's what I was saying. That's the weird thing, is putting Mangog in here seems to almost get that play. But they go out of their way to say, no, I, to say, no, it's not just Mangog. I really didn't like that. So either you get rid of that, or you put her back in, and then we all know, oh, she's enslaved in there, and she's angry about it the whole time, which doesn't seem right either. The way so, that Donny Cates plays things, he might change up Molnir in a way, but really, then it's not Molnir. It's weird, right? I yeah, mean, what is. are you going to do? Uh, because it's just, it's an odd play, and you can't just say, well, sorry about that. Get back in there and do your thing, because then you're you're doing it again, and mm-hmm. you can't make it like... How awful would it be as they, they fight and kind of gets conked in the head, concussion protocol, and almost like lobotomized? Oh, now you can go in. because You can't do that either, so I don't know. And hopefully, you know, Donnie Cates is pretty good that he won't paint himself in no corner, but ah. I, I, I listen to the, the X-Lap shows that, that Chris does over on the, the Cosmic Treadmill podcast. He does all the X-Books, and he talks about how are they going to walk back some of these changes they make, right? That you, we want to do this big, you know, these big new stories, these big changes, but we know at some point we kind of got to revert back to the 
original conception of these these heroes, and how are we going to do that? And that's what makes me think about here in this Thorbrook. How are we going to get this back to Thor's status quo? I mean, I, I'm guessing, I mean, even at the end when you have the Odin force, maybe it will be that. But again, the idea that it's the storm in there, but you would think that you're just going to find another way to power up Molnir and then go with it. But hopefully with that, people stop with this nonsense of him not being worthy. Him not, because we've had too much of that lately. Even Brandon, when he was on, he was already complaining about that way back when. And so maybe mm-hmm. this will end up getting that. But when we do yeah, go at least we can this, say it's not an unworthiness thing here. It is completely, you know, it's, yeah, it's the hammer itself being pissed. Himself I mean, being angry because of Odin. And she ends up even saying, hey, I used to be able to walk among the stars. And now I'm stuck in the stupid hammer. Also, I remember at one point was almost it's like, like, it's like, like you're conking me in the head. Yeah, it is. And so they went out. And so how are we going to do that? We'll have to see. But in this. You do end up, and we talked about this on our Patreon spotlight, where everybody's kind of not playing along or going against some other things. You do have Thor at this point. He doesn't obviously doesn't have the hammer. He's got to fight the hammer. And so he ends up calling on his mom's power. And we're talking Gaia. We're talking the Earth, his actual yes, birth mother. Yes, I was mother, curious which way says. they were going to go there. Because she says he's going to call on his mother. I thought he's he going to go Phoenix. Power. It could be Phoenix, right? Yeah, but it ends up there's being a lot Earth. Of, there's a lot of places in here where it doesn't tie into other continuity stuff going on. Like, hey, there's there's Doctor Strange. Because we have, at the very beginning of the, of the book, we see uh, Beta Ray Bill has gathered all the heroes, right? This is Donnie Cates making it feel like an event, right? We, it's a, I mean, even on the cover, we see we got Fantastic Four, we've got Freya, we've got Captain Marvel, we've got the Valkyries, we see Tony Stark, we see Wolverine, we see Thrawn, you thing. see everything, we see yeah, Thrawn, you see them all. We see Lockjaw, uh, I mean, everybody, Lock like everybody and, there. Uh, and what's the name of the, the X-Men little dragon guy? Lockheed. Lockheed is there. I don't know why Lockheed's there, but why not? And, and Spider-Man. Which Spider-Man is it? Yeah. We don't know which Spider-Man it and is. And so he's not playing with that. This is a big no. story that they're just going in the idea, And also, though, these characters do nothing in this book. They're there to say, oh, it's a big deal. They get their ass kicked by the hammer, and that's it. That's it. And so with that, again, where you end up, what is he doing? What's going on? He ends up shielding and, and protecting the heroes. See, there's Cap, too. Ends up in Iron Man. Uh, the idea of they're, they're being protected by Thor calling on the power of Gaia, the power of Earth, and to use his deal with that connection. Uh, and so you even have where, you know, you have Reed. What is he doing? What's going on? And Frio, what's happening? Oh, he's actually calling on his birth mother, not me, his birth mother. And yeah, if you've been reading in the stuff Jason Aaron did, you're like, oh, is he going to get Fiery Phoenix here? No, no. She says Gaia herself. So he's just saying either that's bullcrap. I'm not going with Jason Aaron's thing. I would think he'd mm-hmm. be aware of it, but he's not going to do it. And in a Thor book, the end all, I, I almost get the idea of him saying, listen, yeah, you did a long run there, Jason, but you're not on Thor anymore. You don't get to say who his mom is or whatnot right. because or, I'm going to reestablish this. maybe he just this. knows that that's – I mean, we've had hints, even Avenger, that that's going to turn out to be nonsense. So maybe he just knows. Nobody seems to like that. So I saw some people commending Donny Case for this, saying, thank God. Like, this is what we'll go with. Hopefully, Jason Aaron follows suit and shows, yeah, like you said, that it, it was going to get changed anyway. But – Thor's trying to fight. They're in this, you know, swirling earth, you know, whirlpool type wave, cyclone, tornado, whatever you want. And so you end up where it's, you know, one on one. And that's where Molnir gets to spell out, hey, this isn't just Mangog saying this. Uh, I'm kind of upset. 
I had the whole universe. It was beautiful. I got to run around. And then your stupid dad ended up. And you do end up in the craziest way of having this entity look like sad Casper the ghost. Like, like, what was me? Like, I used to walk among the stars. And so, like you said, how does this go? And how does this end up in the weird part of it reminds me and in, in just a, a weird way of the DC thing where some writers will go and say immediately, hey, the Phantom Zone for S- Superman, it's awful. It's torture. We're getting rid of it. And then a book later, you have it back anyway. So I just think, who knows how this goes? Does it just play out of, I got Mulder back and we'll just not. But in this book, it better make sense. But with that, he ends up, I have the power of Gaia. I have my mom's power behind me. We're going to fight. And all this of Which being is very strange that Thor suddenly has this brand new power. Like he seems to know he had it, but he's never used it before. Is this it's going the to be a line? Right? Is it going to be a permanent change to the Thor character? I, I again, I, I can't see that happening. So it seems it seems very random. This deal, I think, is just there randomly to have something to fight back. As you end up having Mjolnir say. I was behind all this stuff. Anything that that your dad ended up screwing up, Odin got his, you know, beep prints in. Uh, I ended up, I'm trying to write what was the wrong, including that Donald Blake. He's like, oh, it was you. You were the one who put the dragon in there and, and unsettled that, whatnot. Even though still... It all was awful for Donald Blake. I mean, somebody had to step in. Right. It wasn't that he was he was happy he was happy fun Donald Blake. No, he was he was already psychotic. He just couldn't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, it's almost playing off like an idea like, oh, you're the no no Odin did. And that's the big thing here is the feels moment of this is that when Thor became king, a lot of times the Odin force will pass on, right? You, he ends up having some of it, but Odin reveals, I have to die for you to get all of it. I can't just give every bit of you. I have to die and ends up seemingly sacrificing himself here to give all of the Odin force and says, I done messed up. I was awful. You know, right the wrongs, do what's right. I know you're better. All that. Boom. You now have the full out Odin force. And that's where Thor even realizes, oh, my God, he's saying that he's going to kill himself. No. And you end up having the big deal. And that ends up where Mjolnir was, you know, caught in this big giant rock landfill type deal. Breaks out of it. But then like, oh, no, because ends up seeing pretty much, you know, there is big Thor. They're ready to take that's it down. Our, our final image is a full page of he's got the golden armor. He's, yeah, got, he's a- got it all glowy guy i don't know if that's gaia hand or odin force hand. yeah i think this is all odin force at this point in my mind but it might be a combo but i think that what happens here i mean the idea of now you have odin force thor throughout because that's pretty big but i don't know he keeps pushing the idea that he doesn't want to be king doesn't want to do this and i don't know that we go forward with him somehow abdicating the throne to be able to get Molnir, but i i don't know because like you said where are we going to go? How do we get back to the status quo and get well, it on says your back? The next issue concludes this arc, so we'll get some sort of a you know outcome. And here. then it says next, the Thor Force is coming up, and you end up seeing you know some crazy deal there with the sword. But we'll see. Uh, and again, if that is the one that sticks, I don't know. Is this the progression that? I don't think this would be what Thor fans want or what they would think, and it would kind of throw some people off. But I see some people liking this issue, and mainly because of the idea of that Phoenix mother thing kind of being like pushed aside. Uh, but overall, it's a very quick read. Looks great. 
I, I love the art for this. So I mostly did. I don't like the design of the mule gog character. Okay. Yeah, it kind of it, changes. It looks unfinished. A bit. It looks kind of just. It's an outline with some crayon scribbles in it, and it just. I th- that should be a scary, imposing character, and and for me, it just kind of looks like the artist didn't quite finish. I think what he that Donny Cates kind of wants it to be a little more sympathetic now, of that you're supposed to feel bad for it. But well, I I just never liked that character design. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but with that, what would you give it? I did not really care for this issue. I thought all the guest stars did absolutely nothing. I thought the big Odin sacrificing himself moment didn't really give me any emotions. I thought the random Gaia powers came out of nowhere. And I, I, I'm I, kind of ready for this to be something different. So I gave this a 6.8 out of 2. I'm at a 7.5. So I'm a little more positive than you. I like that it kind of ties. Not that it tied into the Donald Blake stuff. Great. But I like that this was all the plan. And we end up by the end of Odin finally realizing that he's he's just not very good at things. And he really screwed things up. So he's going to make it right by giving the Odin force. But what does that mean at the end? I don't know. We're going to have to see how this plays out. But with that, that's the end of the podcast, uh, the clicky poppy podcast here. Uh, but what would pop, you pop. give? Yeah, really cricket. What would you give your book of the week? My book of the week, I had two. I had the same score on, but I'm going to go with Fantastic Four number 40. The Reckoning War issue. Okay, I believe that mine, I have a lot of ties, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, but I think I'm going to actually give it to Amazing Spider-Man. I'm going to give it for that because I do think Patrick Gleason's showing that he's also a good writer, not just an artist, and I had some fun with that. But what is your cover of the week? My cover of the week, I think I'm going to go, in fact, I will go with Hulk number four. That's where we mine. all these crazy monsters attacking Starship Hulk. Yeah, yeah, I, I went and looked uh, between sections just to make sure i'm looking i'm like i have them all my tablet just the covers looking i'm like yeah that's mm-hmm. it's the ryan otley cover there that is really good who is your gem of the week my gem of the week once again not a whole lot of choices no there i'm going right? to go with our gal janine over there an amazing spider-man for cutting uh you know not just running away and being safe with a boyfriend but coming back and cutting Peter loose and trying to help out Mary Jane as well. That is my second pick of Gem of the Week. My Gem of the Week, Odin. Just the idea <laughs> that he sacrificed himself, even though he caused all these problems, uh, he ends up sacrificing himself seemingly. Like I said, we'll see what it all means and whatnot, but it does look that. So I'm going to go with him of Gem of the Week. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Jason, for joining me. I hope that Thank it you, wasn't Jim. these pops just it, it gets it gets under my skin the whole deal. Hopefully when we're saying this, people are like, What? What is he talking about? I didn't hear. I don't know. We're gonna have to see if I can get these things out. But with that, go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics, follow us, we'll follow you back. Go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, go to our Instagram, Weird Science Comic, and then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Weird Science, where you can get a ton of things we alluded to already. What our Patreon spotlight was, picked by the badasses that get fresh crew. Uh-uh. And we ended up doing the Fantastic Four and Venom. I couldn't remember the last book. It was Fantastic Four and Venom, so Reckoning War and Al two Ewing showing up on the Venom deal. So yeah, they, they and I actually this week. ended up getting more positive as we talked about those. So that's always cool. So yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks again, Jason. And we'll talk to you guys next week. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.